Well, hello there, Difference Makers, and welcome to episode number five of the Primary Teacher Friends podcast. Today, you will be listening into a video I recorded with three of my most magnificent friends as we gave some of our very best advice about how to build authentic relationships in the virtual classroom. Don't worry, though, if you're not teaching virtually, these work wonderfully in the regular classroom as well. Are you ready? You are tuned in to the Primary Teacher Podcast. Now, if your job description doesn't consist of teaching little people to read, develop, succeed, and grow, you're probably in the wrong place. But if you do teach kindergarten, first or second grade, well, you're what we call a difference maker. And you're among friends here. And now, your host, primary teacher, content creator, and little people fanatic, Tony Mullins. Well, hello there, friends, and thank you for joining me today for a mini training all about how to build authentic relationships in the virtual classroom. For today's training, I have brought along three incredible experts to help you better understand just how to make those connections with your students during your virtual teaching. You will see Dr. Jean Feldman, early childhood expert and published author. You'll also find Barbara Gruner, a nationally recognized counselor and public speaker. And also Laura Buonadonna, our pre-K fun expert and digital activity designer. Join us as we delve into this topic and learn how to get connected with our students. good to be back together with you. I feel like we have created an eternal bond because we have worked so much together this summer with our virtual classroom survival guide. Yay! Guys, I'm going to give each of you a moment to tell us a little more about yourself. Please include any information where people can contact you to learn more from you in the future. So if you don't mind, I'm going to start with Dr. Jean. Well, um, I am old as dirt. In fact, somebody wrote on my Facebook page, I thought she died, but I did not. Um, but one advantage of being in education for 50, 50 years is I have lots of things to share with you. And one of my favorite sayings, we're so busy trying to give children things we didn't have that we are failing to give them what we did have. With virtual classrooms, we can't do blocks, we can't do puzzles, we can't do sandboxes. But you know what? We can give children stories and we can give them songs and we can give them finger plays and nursery rooms. There's so many things that we can give them. And that's the beauty of our book is that we have these traditional things that are still going to be so wonderful and valuable for children. Thank you so much for that, Dr. Jean. We were so happy that you contacted each of us for this project and it come out beautifully. So now let's move on to the pre-K expert, Laura Buonadonna. Thank you. 
Well, I don't have as many years as Dr. Jean. I have about 10 years in preschool, but my goal is to always make every day magical and fun for my preschoolers. And I think that was the biggest challenge this year was to still give that joy to our kids, whether it was in the classroom or now it was virtual. You have to be that crazy teacher. You have to make them laugh and you have to make them want to come and be a part of your engaging activities. So that is what I bring. And I'm super excited to have been a part of this team. Laura, you definitely brought along the fun. And I was so impressed with all the things that you did with your students virtually at the end of last year. So thank you for being here, Laura. We love your side, your fun side of things. Now let's move on to our SEL expert, social emotional learning, Barbara Gruner. Good morning. Thank you, Tony. I am so excited to have gotten to work with all of these amazing, passionate educators. My name is Barbara and I am down in Friendswood, Texas. I've got 36 years of education experience from teaching high school all the way down to preschool. I was able to cover all of the ages and stages in my career in the classroom. Now I travel around the US. I kind of think that eventually we'll bump into Dr. Jean on her travels. I think one time we met in Houston, but um, basically just trying to help people understand that first and foremost, it's all about connections because once we have their hearts, then we will have their heads for that numeracy and that literacy. And so I brought a little bit of the SEL, social and emotional learning piece, woven some core values and a little bit of um, guidance for parents. And I was just tickled to be a part of this amazing project. You finished the rest of us so well, Barbara, with your knowledge of social emotional learning. I'll have to say that I learned so much from you in this experience. So I know that those listening today to our topic, how to create authentic relationships with with students, even in the virtual classroom, I know they're going to learn so much just from our time together today. So our topic today, as I said, is building authentic relationships in our virtual classrooms. Now, I'll begin by saying all of these strategies apply to any classroom, whether you're teaching in person or virtual. And our panel of experts here and I have brought our best ideas together to create this short mini training for you today. So let me begin by giving you a quote. If you want to cultivate relationships that will outlast the digital divide, an emphasis on building strong relationships and healthy connections will help us flourish regardless of how our instruction is delivered. I just love that and it is so, so true. So what we're going to give you today are five strategies to help you do just that. Build those authentic connections with our students. That way we can teach them best. So I will move on to strategy number one. And then as we go along, our other uh, panelists here will bring in their side of things as well. So strategy number one is to partner with parents. And oh, we cannot stress enough that you have to build 
this lasting relationship with those families before you can move in and really teach that child at the optimal level. So we have a few tips to help you build that parent relationship. First of all, remember that first impressions matter. When you meet these families for the very first time, be sure to be authentic with them and bring your best personality forward. That way they can begin to know, like, and trust you. Also, keep this idea in mind of being their dream teacher. What does every parent want from a teacher? They want a teacher that loves and cares for their child. So you can really work at helping them see you as their dream teacher by really caring for their child and providing opportunities to show that care. One teacher in Kentucky named Deanne asked each of her families to write a personal letter about their child that the teacher will read. This really helps her identity as their dream teacher because it shows how much she really wants to know about their child. So work hard to be their dream teacher and to show that you care. Also remember that early support will give you long-term success. So in the very beginning, try to train up and help your parents to know what you expect of them. In our virtual classroom survival guide, we included a full parent partnerships handbook that really outlined what parents need to do to help their child be successful in the virtual classroom. However you choose to communicate in the very beginning, be sure you give them all the information they need to help their child be successful. Finally, be sure to provide clear and consistent communication. Decide early on just how you will communicate with families and keep it consistent. Do it that same day of the week or same time of each day. That way they know what to expect. So that wraps up strategy number one, which is partner with parents. Let's move on to strategy number two, which is to create a climate of security. Just as in our regular classroom, our students need to feel secure in their climate. For younger students who have very little experience in the classroom, this is truly key and requires some planning and preparation on your part. So here are some tips for creating that climate of security. First of all, set clear expectations. That way your students know what you expect of them and they feel more secure in the choices they make during your instruction. Also, applaud risks. Rewarding students for taking risks and getting out of their comfort zone will demonstrate to our little ones that no matter what they do, we love and we support them. Be silly in the classroom. This is a great way for students to see you as someone they know, like, and trust. Be goofy, laugh, dance, do brain breaks, all of those things, and that will help your students connect with you and feel more secure with you. And finally, recognize their individuality. 
Give them lots of opportunities to tell about themselves through activities like a simple interest inventory or an about me book or lots of other ideas that you can find online or in our virtual classroom survival guide. All of those things will help you help your students feel more secure in their climate. Let's move on to strategy number three, one of my favorites with our expert Barbara and the strategy is nurture empathy by fostering emotional literacy. So that's a perfect segue, Tony, into emotional literacy when you talk about security, because emotional security is at the core of a child being able to um, let go of any anxiety and worry and, and make friends with all the feelings that they're having. So empathy is, is really one of the first steps after you've built emotional security to help them focus on one another. But until we can get to empathy, we have to help them know what they're feeling. So we've created these emotion pops so that we can not only model, but also teach and practice how is this child feeling? I've put the little um, feeling word on the, on the pop. So example, how is this child feeling? Well, he's mad. It does look like he's mad. Can you think of a time when, when you were mad? What do you think caused mad to visit him today? It's also so important, my friends, that when we model, we make a healthy expression of our own feelings, right? So if we yell when we're mad, our kids are going to learn to yell when they're mad. So modeling it, most important. And then teaching it. Now we're gonna add the mask because what's gonna happen when a face covering gets rid of part of our face? Then they can't see it, right? So we add a little mask. Now, how is this friend feeling? Well, he's still mad, how can you tell? And now we're gonna have to go to the brow, um, the eyebrows, the, the hands, um, body language. What are the hands doing? What are the shoulders doing? So modeling first, then teaching, what do I do when I get this mad? Or what do I do with my silly? We can put it on an O-ring or on the stick. Where have we seen somebody, oh, how's he feeling? We're gonna have to go with body language and eyes. When have we seen somebody feeling like that? Because as we build emotional literacy, then empathy will come. What we also know is that when anxiety is up, empathy is down. So if we want to engage relationally and build that empathy, emotional literacy has to come first. They have to have a chance to carve out how they're feeling, to keep a journal that says, it makes me mad that, to color their feelings, to talk about their feelings. We've left the blank faces so that they can fill in the emotion. We're working so hard to connect heart to heart. It'll be a little more difficult to a screen, but it will pay off in spades when it's time to get to that literacy and numeracy. Wonderful information, Barbara. Thank you so much for telling us how to do that and for encouraging us 
to model that emotional side of things for our students to see. I agree. That is so, so important. So thank you, Barbara. Let's move on to strategy number four, which is to utilize purposeful play to engage and connect. And we have the expert of play, and that is Miss Laura. Well, I always like to think back to your earliest childhood memories. And usually when you think of those good memories, play was involved. And Nacy tells us that there are five elements to have in meaningful play. The first one is that children love to make their own decisions, right? That's one of the best parts when they go to your centers and they play, they wanna make all their own choices. How great is that for them? Two, children are intrinsically motivated. So they would rather play than stop to go to the bathroom, to eat. You know you have those kids in your classroom that you can't pull away because they're so engaged in what you're doing. Number three, Children are immersed in the moment. They have, you have created such a safe environment to play that they feel that they can keep exploring and keep investigating all the great things that you've laid out for them. And play is spontaneous. Who's gonna be the mom? Who's gonna be the dad? Who's gonna write things down in the house area if they're making a recipe? There's no script in play. That's the best part of play. And play is fun. There's an emotional response to it. That's why we remember it. That's why kids wanna to come to school. So how do you play virtually? Well, you have to have plan engaging memorable activities. Just because it's online, you can't stray away from that. You can't be afraid. You have to celebrate the birthdays. You have to celebrate the holidays, all the engaging special occasions that you normally would have in your classroom. Use props, use wigs. Bring it all, be that special teacher that's going to bring that joy. Because if you feel the joy, they're gonna feel your joy and they're gonna to wanna to come and be a part of your virtual classroom. And in our book, we have a chapter on just for fun. We give you lots of tips on games that work really well virtually and how to build that engaging and fun environment. Wow, I want you to be my teacher, Laura. Wow, how, how incredible and how fun for kids to see you in those props and with those just fun things that can really engage their vision. So way to go, Laura, with purposeful play tips for us to use in the virtual classroom. All right, let's move on to strategy number five that can help us build those authentic relationships, and it is to keep on singing. And we have the queen of song here to tell us all about this strategy, Dr. Jean. If you know your teacher loves you, blow her a kiss. If you know your teacher loves you, blow her a kiss. If you know your teacher loves you and she'd really like to hug you. If you know your teacher loves you, blow her a kiss. And that's just a good example of how music will pull children in and make them feel special and accomplish some of these other goals that we have. Music and movement are the most convenient way for children to learn. And with virtual classrooms, we want children to learn actively and interactively. Actively, the more senses we engage, the more likely the message is gonna to get to the brain. And that's the advantage of music and movement. And interactively, we want children to cooperate and collaborate with their friends. There you go again with the music and the movement. And 
almost any skill that you want children to develop, whether it's letters or numbers or sight words or whatever, you can do it with music and movement. And we have all of these ideas in our book. When you sing, your brain emits endorphins. It makes you happy. And I love what Pete Seeger said, music is a way to help us love each other. And so, like I said, we, there are a lot of things that we can't do with blocks and with art activities and with cooking with the children. But what we can do, we can do these songs and we can do dances and we can do movement, play breaks and brain breaks and, and finger plays and all of these things with children. So, um, you know, the best things in life are free. We've been doing these things forever and they still work with children. Thank you, Dr. Jean, so much for that wonderful reminder. You're absolutely right. And the reason we're here today is to offer that support to teachers who feel panicked and anxious about the unknowns of the virtual classroom. And what you need to remember is that these old tried and true strategies still apply. It may take a little bit of reworking around to fit your virtual side of things, but our guide has all of these ideas plus more with a toolkit of resources that you can use immediately in your virtual classroom. So we'll say if you want more help than we've provided today to please jump over and check out the virtual classroom survival guide. And can I just say one thing? Yes. There are over 200 pages in this book. There's 100 pages of text. And what we bring, we bring the human side of education. Schools are not screens. Schools are families and children and teachers. And that's what our book is about. And you have uh, the text to help you understand this. And then we've got 100 pages of downloads. And a lot of them are editable. So, you know, one teacher said it was worth it just for the amount of time that it was going to save her to do some of these activities. So I, I just think if, if I were a teacher, this would be like the greatest thing somebody could give me to help me feel better about myself and have me have the strategies and tools that I'm excited about teaching in the digital age. Um, I want to also remind our um, listeners that we have a parent handbook. It's, um, it's got things like the ABCs, building blocks for caregivers, but it's also got tips and strategies on how to prepare your child for, for the day, for school at home. So they're not just lounging in their bed. So it's like school, right? It's a little different than school as they've known it for now, but it's school nonetheless. And so you want them to be ready and we are providing some tips that we feel like will be really useful in not only English, but also Spanish, the Spanish translation. Um, one of Dr. Jean's friends jumped in and helped us with that. So we just feel like it's a comprehensive way to help parents help their child partner with us to maximize success. I just wanted to talk about my favorite part of the book is we have these management pops. So when you're doing things virtually, our kids need visuals. So they need to know when it's gonna be the time for the calendar or time to sing a song or we're gonna have story or small group time. Those are such huge skills for kids to learn when, what part of the day is coming for them. And how great are these? Telling kids when they're gonna be able to talk during a Zoom meeting, when they're not gonna be able to talk so that they're not talking over each other. I just think as a teacher to have all these to print out to really give kids the visual of how your meeting's gonna go, it's just gonna set yourself up to have more successful virtual meetings. 
Let me end our session today by saying this project was so much fun and I'm just so thankful for the relationships that we formed in the process. And anyone watching today or listening today that would like to learn more about our topic, you can visit teachertony.com forward slash relationships to get the full text version of our training today. All right, that wraps up our video. Dr. Jean, can we sing a song? Yes. It is time to say goodbye to all my friends. It is time to say goodbye to all my friends. It is time to say goodbye. Give a smile and wink your eye. It is time to say goodbye to all my friends. I'm so glad you came to school today. I hope you'll come back tomorrow. We've got more things in store for you. Teacher friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation between me and three friends that I actually met virtually. This whole project has been done over Zoom. So if you're wondering, can I truly build real relationships with my students over the internet? The answer is overwhelmingly yes. We are living proof. If you'd like to learn more, be sure to visit teachertony.com forward slash relationships. Or if you'd like to check out our work of heart, the virtual classroom survival guide, I will link it down in the show notes. It's time for me to go. Until we meet again, go make a difference, teacher friend. Teacher friend.